It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. It's Live in the Bream with the host of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream. On Live in the Bream this week, you are going to be encouraged, maybe have some of your toughest spiritual questions answered. We've got the one and only Dr. Robert Jeffress, Jeffress with us. He is the senior pastor of First Baptist in Dallas. He has written so many best-selling, encouraging, fantastic books. Um, he is on more than a thousand stations nationwide with Pathway to Victory. If you've seen him, he is a Fox News contributor. There's nothing he can't do. We're glad he made time for our <laughs> podcast today. Pastor, great to have you with us. Oh, this has been in my bucket list, living the brain. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Well, listen, you have written so many helpful books that are really just encouraging. Tell us so much more about our faith. Walk us through, um, you know, tough times. This new book, I love the concept. It's called 18 Minutes with Jesus, Straight Talk from the Savior about the things that matter most. So tell us how you kind of formulated and packaged it this way, and then we'll talk about what it is. Well, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with the TED Talks. Uh, These are brief uh, talks by an expert on a subject of great interest, but they can only be 18 minutes in length. And I got to thinking one day, Shannon, what if Jesus were to come back and give a TED Talk? What would he talk about? And then it hit me, we already have his TED Talk. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. You can read the Sermon on the Mount in 18 minutes. And yet, even though it's brief, that touches on the topics we care about most, our money, our sex life, our prayer life, our uh, relationship to our enemies and eternal destiny. And so what I did in this uh, new book, 18 Minutes with Jesus, is I give us a fresh look at a 2,000-year-old sermon and how applicable it is to everyday life right now. Yeah, and you say Jesus didn't give us a checklist of things we have to do to get into heaven. Instead, he goes to the heart of what we need and desire most. And so a lot of people will look at faith and, and say, oh, it's a bunch of don'ts. It's, you know, I'm in trouble for everything. I can't do anything fun. Um, it's just condemnation and judgment. But you say it's not about that, especially the Sermon on the Mount. No, it really isn't. And I want to make a confession uh, on your podcast here. Oh, please do. I've gone, I've gone for more than 40 years without ever preaching once on the Sermon on the Mount. Really? And the reason I didn't, I never have done it before, because frankly, and this is what I hate to confess, I thought it was kind of boring. You know, I oh. thought, you know, I thought the same thing a lot of people think. You know, I thought of Jesus sometimes as this little wimpy rabbi who walked around the countryside munching on bird seed and, you know, saying nice things to people. Well, there's nothing nice about the Sermon on the Mount. It's radical kind of stuff that Jesus is saying in this book. And and I also actually grew up in a, or was trained in a seminary that taught the Sermon on the Mount is about how we're going to live in heaven or in the kingdom of mm-hmm. God. But it has no application for today. But Shannon, as I began reading it, you know, I thought it says, Jesus said, if somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. I thought, who's going to be slapping whom in heaven? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's true. And, and and pray for your enemies, there's no evil in heaven. Mm-hmm. No, this is not for the hereafter. This is for the here and now. And as you said, Jesus said, if you live this way, you can experience unshakable joy in this life and unending happiness in the next life. 
Yeah, you talk about the very specific things because, you know, he does touch on, um, Christ does on in this, as you say, his TED Talkers, 18 minutes. He talks about so many things. Talk to me about real ways to overcome anxiety, about money and finances, because that's something that, listen, everybody has faced or will face at some point. And certainly over the last couple of years, it's been exacerbated for a lot of folks. You know, it's interesting in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus ties wealth and money together and uh, and, and money and anxiety together. Uh, wealth and worry go together like apple pie and ice cream. <laughs> you know, people who have a lot of money worry about losing it. Those who don't have any money worry about not having it. And everybody, as you alluded to, is concerned about money with skyrocketing interest rates and inflation, a deteriorating stock market. And Jesus said, basically, you can't worry your way to wealth. And he said, uh, you know, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. You know, when you think about it, Shannon, there are only three things that can happen to your money and none of them is really very good. You can lose it, you can have it stolen, or eventually everybody's going to leave it all behind. And that's why Jesus said, instead of worrying about it, look at the birds of the air. They don't sit up at night fretting over their checkbook, and yet God provides for them, won't your heavenly Father, who does for these, do so much more for you? Yeah, a, a great reminder for all of us. You also say that prayer is the most revolutionary idea in history. That's quite a statement. Well, it is, but think about it. You have the opportunity to go in and talk to the uh, creator of the universe, the one who made you, and share anything you want with him. Uh, You know, I have had a relationship with the former president. I'll never forget going into the Oval Office, sitting down, and he looked at me. He said, Robert, what can I do for you today? That was an astounding thing that the most powerful Mm -hmm. man in the world would say, what can I do for you? But even more astounding is the creator of the universe says, what can I do for you? And I I say in this chapter on prayer, Shannon, uh, I quote C.S. Lewis, who said, said, instead of praying for what should be in our heart, pray for what is actually in your heart. And that's what Jesus said when you pray. He gave us this model prayer. He said, it's okay to pray for things for yourself, for your daily bread, for your protection from evil. Your heavenly father cares about those things you care about. He does. And, you know, I, I've heard pastors talk about praying for a parking place when they're going somewhere <laughs> or but even things that aren't that silly or simple. I mean, even sometimes I think about, oh, my goodness, my prayers are for, you know, people in Ukraine and people who are devastated, martyrs around the world, people in hostile places where yes. faith is not allowed. And it can cost you not only your job, your family, your life. And I think about praying for the things in my life, um, you know, losing some document on a computer or something else. I'm like, Lord, yes. I kind of hate to waste your time because there are people literally whose lives are hanging in the balance. But what you're saying and what God says and Christ says to us in the New Testament is he does care about everything that is a worry or a stressor or an issue in our lives. That's right. And, you know, Paul said it well in Philippians 4, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what are you hoping that people will take away from this book, either people of faith who are believers now or somebody who says, "Okay, I'm game to hear the TED talk from Jesus for 18 minutes. What should I get from this? 
Well, first of all, if people are not yet a Christian, this is an impossible standard to live by. Nobody can meet this standard apart from Christ. But once you become a Christian, you've got the power of the Holy Spirit to allow you to live in this radical way. And, you know, I think about our friends in Florida. I just talked to some today who've gone through this devastation. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not happy about what happened, but they're joyful. They believe that God is still in control. And I would say those who live by these principles can experience an unshakable joy in this life, unending happiness in the next life. This radical way of living, Shannon, is possible for Christians, and it's the best way to live. And you talk about, we talked about prayer as being this revolutionary or radical idea as we do get to take our concerns to the one who is over all things and knows all of our concerns and controls the winds and the way, um, you know, everything that we could understand and beyond what we can understand as well. But you talk about praying with persistence and passion. So what does that take and, and how do we do that in our everyday lives? Well, let's be clear about something. Nowhere in the Bible does God promise he's going to answer our every request. I mean, First John 5, 14 says, this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. God's will is not a fence around our life to keep good things from entering into our life, but to keep bad things. Sometimes we pray for things that aren't the best for us. I mean, I go back in my prayer journal, Shannon, and look at things I prayed for 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad God said no to those things. They would have been a disaster in my life. I say faith and praying is boldly asking for what's in your heart, but quietly resting in God's wisdom and answering. And I think when we pray with persistence, Jesus said, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And if this is God's will, it will happen to you. I use this illustration. You know, uh, I've got grandchildren now who are five years old. If we're in a store and they say, hey, Papa, can I have that? but they never ask for it again. I think, well, that's not that important to them. But when they keep asking me for the same thing over and over again, I know that's important to them. And I'm more inclined to answer it if I know it's a real rather than a trivial Mm -hmm. request. I think our Heavenly Father is the same way. That's such a good illustration. And people should know these are triplets we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And by the way, they are a great example of persistent praying. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but my my daughter had three miscarriages and she started praying. She said, uh, God, please give us triplets to replace each life oh that was goodness. lost. And uh, I said to her, I said, Julia, being the great man of faith, I am Shannon. I said, Julia, don't pray for that. Uh, we don't have triplets <laughs> in our family, multiple births. You're going to be disappointed by God. And she mm. said, Dad, if you want to see God do big things, you have to pray big things. Mm. And it was a great lesson to me. Pray boldly, Jesus says. Pray not only when the answer seems obvious, pray when the answer seems impossible. Well, and Julia is an amazing mom and speaker and writer in her own right as well, carrying on a lot of the family tradition. Um, But how she does it with the triplets, I don't know. Um, But she somehow manages to get it done and go out and share her own love um, for the Lord and and encouragement for other people as well. I want to go back to something that you said, that you look back over your prayer journals and see, thank goodness that prayer didn't get answered. I think that, too, about 
you know, marrying the wrong person or taking the wrong job or moving to the wrong city or something that you really, in your earthly wisdom and what you could see of the circumstances felt like the right thing. But it's so comforting to me to think we have one who knows everything. I mean, he's 50 chess steps ahead of us. Like he knows exactly what's going to be good for us, what's not going to be good, even if he knows we may not understand or feel pain um, or rejection in the time. Um, Just a comforting thing to know that we're not in control and somebody who loves us without limits is the one in control. That's right. And Chen and some of your listeners might right now say, well, yeah, I haven't prayed in a long time. I don't even know how to start. And I tell people in this book, 18 Minutes with Jesus, start small. Don't think if you don't have an hour to pray, it's not worth praying. You know, I tell people to start small in the morning before your feet hit the ground, you know, while you're still in bed, pray for God's blessing on your life. Pray throughout the day. When you're going into a difficult meeting, ask God to give you wisdom in what you do. When you're on the uh, freeway, pray for protection. When you Mm -hmm. go to bed at night, let the last thing you do be to thank God for giving you the day that you had. Confess your sins. Ask for his protection. I believe prayer ought to be as frequent as breathing. In fact, that's what Paul said when he said, pray without ceasing. That Greek word without ceasing means with the frequency of a hacking cough. Uh, I've never seen you do this on the air, but sometimes you might feel a need to cough and you try to suppress it, but it, you can't help yourself. It mm-hmm. comes out. Paul says our prayer ought to be that way. It ought to be frequently without ceasing. Yeah, and I think it's so encouraging when you tell people that, like, you don't have to be in a certain place or say certain words, that God knows our hearts. And the good thing is we have an intercessor for us as well. When we can't get things right or even formulate what we need, especially in times of really um, dark struggle and um, the toughest places for us, I feel like, um, you know, God knows. And, and I've talked about times that have been really rough in my life, and I would just say, God, please help me. Lord, please help me. Like, that's the whole prayer. And even if I said that, you know, over and over, almost as a mantra to say, you know, that's all I can get out at this moment. And it can be driving in the car or it can be in the grocery store line. Um, It doesn't have to be formal to count. Yeah, and what I tell people is you don't have to be very good at prayer to be effective in prayer. I mean, Elijah prayed 64 words. It wasn't a long prayer, but he prayed 64 words and the fire of God fell from heaven and burnt up the Old Testament sacrifices. You know, Peter prayed a prayer like you prayed, Shannon. He was drowning. He said, Lord, save me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and God saved him, lifted him up. And even you don't have to have that much faith. Uh, Think of the early church. They were praying for Peter's release from prison. God miraculously delivered him. He went to the house where they were praying, knocked on the door, and they said, uh, it can't be Peter. It has to be his ghost. They didn't have much faith. But Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. It's not the amount of our faith. It's the object of our faith. God, who is the mountain mover. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. We are talking with Dr. Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist in Dallas. His newest book is 18 Minutes with Jesus, Straight Talk from the Savior about the things that matter most. Okay, Pastor, you've written more than 30 books or about 30 books. Um, How do you think about or make a decision about what you think we need to hear or the messages or what that next book will be? 
You know, I listen, Shannon. I listen to my own congregation. I listen to people, uh, viewers who send us emails from Pathway to Victory. And when I see a common theme, uh, I uh, say this must be a real need in the body of Christ right now. You know, and you know this. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. And with the printing of books, there is no end. Uh, It's hard to come up with anything original. But I think of sometimes how do you repackage something that's 2,000 years old uh, in a way that might strike somebody's attention. Uh, Look, the power, I believe, is in the Word of God, not in the words of Robert Jeffress. And my simple job as a pastor and preacher is to explain uh, what the passage means and suggest some ways that it applies to readers or to listeners. But God is the one who ultimately produces life change in people through the listening or the reading of His Word. Let me ask you, because you are not afraid to go into places where you know people are going to have questions about things that you've said or preached that they think are controversial, or about the political arena where some people say, ah, pastors shouldn't even be involved in that anyway. Um, And as you mentioned earlier, I mean, no secret that you advised President Trump and and had been part of his efforts. Um, What makes you walk into those places that you think, huh, this could get me into some trouble, um, but I'm willing to have a difficult conversation with somebody or to answer some of their accusations or concerns about me. Well, what motivates me is the Sermon on the Mount and specifically chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, where Jesus told us exactly how Christians are to relate to the culture. As we see a decaying and darkening culture, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You know, Shannon, in Jesus' day, salt was a preservative the days before refrigeration. Salt could not prevent the decay of meat, but it delayed the decay of meat. It gave the meat a longer shelf life until it had to be thrown away. And Jesus was saying to his followers, I'm leaving you here in this room for a little while, in this world for a little while, so that you can slow down the rot and decay of society. Not that you're going to save the country or save the world, but you can slow down the premature destruction destruction of this world so that people have longer to hear the gospel. And I think that's what one of our jobs is, Shannon. We are to influence the culture. You know, for salt to be effective, it has to get out of the salt shaker and it has to penetrate the meat. And uh, too many Christians are living in holy huddles, uh, salt shakers, instead of penetrating the culture. That means getting involved in the media. That means getting involved in the business world. And yes, it means getting involved in the world of politics. I think uh, in Jesus' day, of course, you didn't vote for the emperor. You didn't vote for the king. Those were given to you. But I think Mm -hmm. Jesus would encourage his followers to get involved in political process, to push back against evil in this world. You know, my friend Cal Thomas says the kingdom of God isn't going to come riding in on Air Force One. We all understand that. But that doesn't mean Christians ought to be isolationist. We need to influence our culture. What do you say to those folks? Because there's been this increasing conversation about Christian nationalists or people who, mm-hmm. you know, want some sort of theological takeover of the U.S. government or to um, impose their beliefs or their specific religious beliefs on the rest of the American um, citizenship. Um, what do you say to folks who've been raising those concerns? 
Well, I reject the title, although some have tried to give it to me, of a Christian nationalist. I mean, I'm grateful for our country. I'm grateful for the freedoms that our forefathers fought for to provide for us. But I tell people every year at our annual patriotic service, we are not here to worship America. We are worshiping the God who has blessed America. And I also serve as a, use that as a time to remind people, God is no respecter of nations. Any nation that reverences God will be blessed by God, any nation that rejects God will be rejected by God, including the United States. So I think we need to make it very clear. In a contest between loving America or loving God, God wins out every time. But I do think we ought to be fighting for those what I believe were Christian principles that were the foundation of this country. You know, three different times the Supreme Court has said in the past, America is a Christian nation. Uh, John Jay, the first Chief Justice of the Supreme Court said, in this Christian nation, God has given us the privilege of choosing our leaders. I think personally the reason God blessed America for the first 150 years of our history was that unwavering devotion to God. Not that everybody was a Christian, but we were founded on Christian principles. Yeah, and on the idea, too, that you can choose whichever religion or no religion that That's you want. Right. I mean, the founders, in, in coming from what they did um, in England, um, then our worst enemy, now our best friend probably in the world, um, <laughs> making sure that there was that freedom to not believe or to believe something different. That's right. Um, and that's the beauty of this country. Okay, so the newest book is 18 Minutes with Jesus. Dr. Robert Jeffress is with us. And I want to ask you as we are going, so between writing and preaching and TV show and radio and triplets and everything else in your life. What do you do to have fun? Do you have time? to have fun, downtime. <laughs> well, you know better than anybody, during book release time, there's not much time for anything else. But right. I, tell you, I enjoy more than anything is being with my children and now my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're getting ready to head off to Disney World to celebrate their fifth <gasps> birthday. Oh, and so uh, that's what I call fun. Okay, listen, we're gonna offer up some prayers for you as you're going with the triplets, <laughs> five years old to Disney World. Just getting there and then living that adventure. Um, I know you guys will have a great time. In the meantime, the book again is 18 Minutes with Jesus, straight talk from the Savior about the things that matter most, all about the Sermon on the Mount. Dr. Robert Jeffers, thank you for joining us for Live in the Bream, and we hope to see you again soon. Always great to be with you, Shannon. Thanks so much. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.